two, one. What's up, everyone? It is episode eight of World of Lifting podcast, and today we have a special guest, Leo Rabinovich, strong man from SUNY Cortland. Leo, how's it going, man? I'm doing good. Everything is all right. Just trying to, you know, stay mentally strong during this quarantine. Yeah. So we're going to get this started off. So how did you get into um, strongman training and the sport of strongman? So uh, the way I got into strongman training was, well, originally I started weightlifting in high school more as a, just a way of getting stronger for wrestling and not necessarily like prioritizing lifting. It was just, you know, something to help with wrestling. And I eventually fell in love with lifting and I just started going to the gym, you know, just started working out just like every other kid does really. And eventually I really fell in love with it and I, I just thought it was amazing. And I started getting more and more serious with it. And I started training and training and training more and then I met my now very good friend Iron Lou, Louis Morano, who is a strongman who competed and competes and he told me about it and he showed me everything and I don't know, it really intrigued me and I remember one day we met up and we trained and I tried uh, Atlas Stones, I tried the log and and I, that day I kind of knew that that's what I wanted to do I kind of fell in love with it in that moment I just realized that I'm good at it, and I think I have a future in it. Yeah, because strongman is a—it's not exactly something that's very common to get into. Like usually, it's like Olympic lifting, powerlifting, bodybuilding. Like picking up a heavy ass stone is not very not very appealing to people. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, it's 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 a very un. How would I say like? Like unconventional? Un- unconventional, yes, I'd say unconventional and just brute strength sport. Like in strongman, it's honestly, I just feel like it's more brute strength than technique, although there's a bunch of technique involved. But it's like it's either you can lift that heavy ass stone or you can't. Yeah. You know? It's it's all the difference. It's just I also feel like you have to be extremely athletic for strongman versus bodybuilding or powerlifting i feel like the close uh the sport that comes closest to it like athleticism uh is probably olympic weightlifting but i think strongman requires a tremendous amount of athleticism because you know it's not easy to you know grab 320 pounds a hand and do farm run farmer walks with that you know for 60 feet like you got to make sure you don't trip over your own feet and don't face plant to the ground yeah yeah that's crazy so um we have something in common. We we both uh, we both used to wrestle, and uh, I think um, you you used to wrestle for NYAC. I so I wrestled for Toddville High School, which was my high school, and then I started and I wrestled folk style, which is we we know that's the high school, that's the scholastic style yeah. sport of wrestling, and then I really got into Greco-Roman wrestling which is upper body wrestling. It's the international style of wrestling. Mm-hmm. And I was pretty good at it. I was, you know, I was, I placed fifth in the country. I, I had, I was, I was ranked in the country at, at, at a certain time. I, um, and yeah, I started training at the NYAC because the head, the head Greco Roman coach there, the name is coach Nick. He, he saw me wrestling at a tournament once and 
I knew a bunch of kids that were training at the NYAC at the time and he, you know, took interest in me and I started going and training at the NYAC and, um, yeah, I, I, and I remember after, after Fargo nationals, they coach Nick, like kind of officially recognized me as a NYAC wrestler. Like I remember they, they lined up everyone in the NYAC and they gave me like NYAC gear. It was a really nice, um, it was a really nice gift. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, Actually, I think I, I had a few, uh, you know, uh, Coach Tavakolian? Uh, sounds familiar, but not too sure. Yeah, I, I wrestled for, I wrestled with him for a little bit, but I've never actually been in the New York Athletic Club. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he, he was a pretty good coach too. But yeah, so what, what happened to, to Greco-Roman wrestling? Because fifth in the country is no joke. So what, why, why did it come to an end? I mean, so... I've been wrestling, well, not necessarily wrestling, but I've been competing in, like, I guess martial arts, or you could call it, like, I've been competing in judo since I was seven years old up to 14 when I started, and then I started wrestling in high school. And I don't want to say I burned out with the sport, but I don't know. It was also, it was always something that was kind of, not necessarily a chore, like, but it kind of was at the same time. Like, I love the sport till this day, but I don't know. I just fell in love with strongman and lifting so much that I just realized that that's what I want to do for the rest of my life. Because, you know, wrestling at a certain point, it was like my dad was just telling me, he says, you know, you got to go to practice. And I didn't want to. And it was it was just like, and it was just me doing it for him. And it wasn't me doing it for myself. And I didn't really, didn't really enjoy it, uh, you know, completely. And, it, is wrestling a culture in your family? Uh, no, it isn't, believe it or not. I am the first athlete of my family. Oh. My, my father is not an athlete. No one on my mom's side was an athlete. I was just, I don't know, I was, I'm the I'm the first athlete of the family. So was this like a gradual thing or was there like some defining moment that like snapped that's like, this is not something I want to do anymore? Now, yeah, there was, I'd say, a defining moment. I remember when I wrestled the Fargo Nationals, and this was in North Dakota, Fargo, North Dakota, my senior year of high school. This is when I placed fifth in the country. I was in the semifinals of the tournament. And there was a 128-person bracket. And I remember I made it to the semifinals, and I I just, I don't know, like, everybody loses. Like, it was a very close match. I think it was, like, it was like 63, 6-3. It wasn't anything, you know, huge. It wasn't like a, you know, like he teched me. Like, it was completely out of my control. It was, it was a close match. And I don't know. And I, like, I kind of got on the phone with my dad after that, and I was like, and he was talking to me. He says, you're a bad investment. And, you know, you're just not, you know, I put all this money into you and it's just not worth it. And I was just like, you know, like, is this really worth it? Like all, all that I'm doing right now, all the work I'm putting in and it's, it's not even for my happiness, you know? And that was kind of, I'd say like a defining moment in my like decision, because I, at that point I had started lifting like seriously and I really, really enjoyed it. And I was like, I, I, I have the lifting to go to and that is something I enjoy and I go to, you know, I work out in the gym, I do all my training sessions and I stay regimented with my diet, my sleep and my workouts and nobody has to tell me to do that and that's just something I like and, you know, and, and there's no one standing over me to tell this. It's something that I want to do and that's it. So Wait, your dad told you that it was a disappointment? Yes, absolutely. Like he, so he expected you to be a national champ. Is that Correct. What he, my damn. Dad, my dad expects no less. Yes. Jeez. So, but so, if, when you lose in the semifinals, I believe you can you can come back to take third if so that's possible. So here's the thing: he 
I'm not gonna lie, my dad messed me up so mentally for, after that match that I just I don't know, it's hard to gather myself and the, and then the match to wrestle for that decides for third and fourth and fifth and sixth. I had ended up wrestling my friend, uh, what do you call it, from also from New York City, who I'd wrestled many times prior and have always won against him. I've always beaten him. And he was just coming out of the uh, loser's pool on fire, you know. So he's he's on fire. He's mentally, he's in it to win it. And I was just still trying to gather myself because it's a tough defeat to lose, you know, semifinals. Like, it's hard to accept the fact that you can no longer – you no longer have a chance to fight for the national title. You know, it is, it is very disappointing, but it is very hard to come back from that. And I'm not going to lie, I was not mentally prepared, and I went into that match, and I just I, – I wrestled I wrestled my friend, and it was it – was, he beat me like 10 to 8, and it was just like I, – I, and I had lost again, which was even more disappointing, and uh, it, it was tough, and – after that, I was just like, I, I, I had a small break. Like we, had, we had like a, I don't know, like a two to three hour break after that match. And then I had wrestled for fifth and sixth. And, you know, two to three hours, I was able to like take a nap, take a nap gather myself mentally and, you know, go and win, it, win the match for fifth and sixth and, you know, become an All-American. But so, yeah, that's what happened. Yeah, that's a, that's a strict dad right there. He got some high standards. Yeah, he expected no less. No less. So what is what is he? Um, so now that you start a strong man, what, what is he? Is he happy for you? Nope. Jeez. My dad hates the sport. My dad thinks anything related to weightlifting is stupid, as he says. It is. I mean, I mean, Greco-Roman though. Like you still have like when you lift when you lift those guys, you know, smash yeah. them into the mat. That. It's kind of like lifting, right? I, I, that's what I tell him. I'm like, listen, it's like me lifting this 300-something pound apple stone, you know, that it equates to that, if not more. And he says, no, it's not the same. I don't even want to hear it. The thing is, my dad, if, if something doesn't go his way, it's, you know, if it's not his way, it's no way. Like, he, oh, okay. he, he just, like, if it's not something he likes, he won't support it. And I'm going to be straight up. He, don't, he doesn't support what I do. He doesn't, he doesn't appreciate it. He doesn't like it. He thinks it's complete nonsense. But, you know, well, that's definitely difficult, yeah. Because family support is pretty important when when you have you know endeavors like that. Yeah, but you know, sometimes sometimes you have such good friends and you have such good other individuals in your life that they, I guess, like like you don't even really need the support from your parents. You have support from like like my high school wrestling coach that I'm very close friends with now. Um, he supports my endeavors in strongman and. He like always, he always like, we always talk and he's like, yo, keep at it. Cause I send them all my videos. I send them everything I'm doing. He says, keep at it. And then I have my friend, Iron Lou, Louis Morano, who's obviously, you know, always freaking there. Like the man, the man, the man always supports my endeavors. That's my training partner. He's, he's always there to help. And then I just have everyone that like SUNY Cortland, you know, everyone that appreciates what I do. Like, plus I have my followers that, you know, on Instagram that I get DMs on a daily basis saying, like you inspire me to do this and you know and it may, and, and it's and, and that makes it worth it like i hear that and i'm just like wow i'm making someone else's day better like when someone tells me i went to the gym today and i killed it and i had a good day and that was because of me that makes you feel really good and i just think i'm i don't really need the support of my parents like i don't really need that you know and that's awesome because I, I i've seen um a lot of um 
uh, lift, lifting in SUNY Cortland, and the community there is insane. Everyone's supporting each other. Everyone's trying to get better at lifting. It's a great environment to be in. Yeah, it's it's a very it's a very supportive environment. It's a very friendly environment. Everyone everyone just wants to see you know everyone progress, succeed, and just do their thing. There is there's I I love the Cortland lifting community. That's that's like my family. Like that that I love those people. You know. So, um, what about strongman um, appeals to you? Uh, strongman things that appeal to me in strongman. Um, I mean, like I said, the sport. If you look at it, a lot of the movements I feel like I could relate to wrestling. Like, like I said, lifting an individual from the ground and you know picking them up into the air. It's. I feel like my like my ability to do that translated very well into you know lifting atlas stones and um you know lifting a hoosiful stone and carrying it and walking with it and i just i don't know i just like i i just really enjoy it it's just i feel like i feel like my athletic i have so much athleticism because i was i was wrestling that mm-hmm. it like carries over very well into strongman and i feel like it's a waste of athleticism you know although like I absolutely I respect powerlifting and I can intend to even compete in powerlifting, but I feel I have so much athleticism that it would just be a waste not to compete in strongman because I my I think my ability is very very good in it. Yeah, because you're moving around everywhere. Like the the farmers carry the yoke, the mm-hmm. the the race of the Atlas stones. Like that's crazy. Absolutely, insanely crazy. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about those those lifts. Like, how does how does someone perform like an atlas stone? An atlas like that, stone lift. that looks insane. Right. Uh, an atlas stone lift. You have to. So you have to find the perfect positioning with your hands, and and hands and arms. And you prefer you have to split the stone in half essentially. Like you have to stand over it, and you have to split it in half, grab in perfect place. And you, you know, you lift it with your hands, you get your hands under it. And, it, you know, obviously having tacky on and having chalk on, on your hands helps, you know, if you, to stick to the stone. Because, you know, those stones, sometimes they're very, very smooth and they make it extremely, okay. they make it extremely challenging to lift. But if the stones are, you know, that they, they have like a rugged surface, it's, it's, uh, it's a lot easier to lift. But um, if they're smooth, it's, it's very hard, very hard. But um. If you have tacky, it helps so much because you could actually stick to it. But if you don't, you know, it's it's a lot harder. But to get the stone up, you have to essentially stand over the stone. You have to, like, split it in half. You stand You would lift it up with your, you know, hand, hands, your arms and your hands. And then you would you would put it into your lap. You pick it up and then you sit back with it. And then you keep and hold it in your lap. And then you would readjust with your arms. And then you would get your arms slightly under the stone in, in, at an angle where you can now, like, stand up and use your back. To pull to pull pull up and lift the stone you know you and then you're like extending your back and then you're putting the stone on a platform yeah into the what's it called the the crater i don't know that the, 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 the i I, the, I i don't know the exact name for it but yeah the the, the platform with with the crater in it. Let's just yeah yeah that. <laughs> yeah the crater yeah so what like how, what's um how, how how what's your best on the, the atlas stone you know i 
haven't had the opportunity to train with Atlas Stones that much just because it's hard to get your hands on them because there are not many gyms in NYC that have them. But, um, and I actually, I, I thought, I didn't know, you know, that this whole quarantine situation was going to happen. So I intended to train a global strongman. But the heaviest Atlas Stone I've ever lifted was at my friend's gym. And I did this Taculus. This was the first day I've ever lifted Atlas Stones. First day I ever touched an Atlas Stone in my life. Never no training prior. I just showed up at the gym and my friend Lou was like, you got to try it. And it was a 335 pound Atlas Stone. And we didn't have a, like a crater to put it into. So I just, I just, I just lifted it up to essentially like to the, to the point where I was essentially standing, like completely extended with it. And like, I would have been put it on the, would have been able to put it on the platform, push it up on the platform, but it was a 335 pound Atlas stone without tacky. The thing was smooth as hell. And it was, it was extremely challenging. Jesus. 335 pounds, huh? Yeah. I, I, I am extremely interested in, what atlas stone i can lift now because i am significantly stronger than i was back then and so that that 335 was that like nothing was that just I fly it flew up uh, no i wouldn't say it flew up it was challenging it was challenging just because i didn't know much technique yet and it was more just brute strength but it, it was it was it, i'll say it was challenging it was not easy it was not easy so I've heard of tacky before, but like uh, I've never like knew what it was. So what what is tacky? So tacky is the substance that essentially sticks to the stone, and it sticks to the stone and it maintains like your grip on it, and it's a, you know you're actually tight to the stone. You're not slipping and you're, it's not falling out of your hands, and you have you have a lot more grip. With tacky, you can usually can lift a lot lot more. I like training without tacky because. I feel like it makes you that much stronger. And then when you can actually use the tacky in a competition, you're just, you know, ripping those stones from the ground. Like it's nothing. So, um, do, do you lifters use uh, tacky in combination with chalk or is it just tacky? Um, I am not too sure to be exact. I'm pretty sure it's, 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 you can, you, they usually chalk up their hands or it's, or it's, you know what? I think it's usually just tacky, honestly. I think it's usually just tacky. So does the tacky go directly on your hands or it is goes, it like so, your forearms? So, so it, you, it goes on your forearms, it goes on your biceps, and it goes, I, you could also put it on your hands. Um, mm. And you would spread it out and, it's, and it sticks to the stone. It also gets on your shirt. You could put, you know, you put it on your shirt and stays on your shirt. There's actually Atlas Stone shirts. So you can, uh, so like when you lift the stone up it can you know the grip can maintain on like when you're holding it up on yourself a tiny bit and you're like putting it up to the platform so it doesn't slip off your shirt and you know oh, so you can man. yeah it's, it's very very interesting yeah because the out of all out of almost all the 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 crazy uh strong med lifts like the atlas stones have always intrigued me it's it's insane because I, I think i saw um i don't know what the record is i think it's near 600 or 500 i, I forgot i, I think it's a 500 pound no no i think it's either it's either 500 600 it's uh it's the stoltman brothers that did it yeah they're both i think they're both from england um one of the stoltman brothers yeah he lifted it he set the world record recently it was absolutely insane yeah because i think was it shaw that had it back then shaw had it before and then yeah and then the stoltman brother broke the record one of the stoltman brothers yeah they just have to lift it over um like a bar, right? Over, over it was it wasn't a platform. It was over like this, over the bar. Yes. Do you, uh, do you know the height of it? 
Uh, I'm not sure, to be honest. Because I, I would imagine it varies. Yeah. Brian Shaw is like six foot eight or something. Right, right. It, it's. I think it's fairly high up. I think it might be. You know, I, I don't honestly. I don't even want to make an assumption. I'm not too sure as to what the height is, but I think it's pretty high up there. Oh yeah. So another strong man lift that I've seen in the world's strongest man is the crazy car deadlifts. Car so deadlifts. have you ever done that? Uh, I have not had the opportunity to do car deadlifts yet. Um, like I said, it's it's very very hard to get your hands on equipment that yeah. like completely replicates the you know stuff that they have in strongman comp. It's very hard to come by those gyms. That's the thing with strongman. A lot of strongman is is you know you train the conventional lifts and you do certain accessories that you can that you know are that are like and then exercises that are strongman specific but a lot of the time you're coming into that competition and for all you know you might have not even touched any of that you know you might have not never done it you know you just have to adapt on the spot and i feel like that's what makes strongman so elite is that you're able to adapt to that situation and still perform the lift you know that's why I feel like there's a lot more brute strength involved and less technique because you're adapting so quick. You just got to You just got to muscle it out sometimes. Yeah. That's the weird thing about strongman. I think I heard one time, like the lifters don't even know what the events are until like, like two weeks yeah, before or something. Sometimes they have no clue. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. So, so that's just up to the, to the meat directors and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. But, some, but, but, but sometimes you do know, like, I know for, like, novice competitions, like, the first comp that I, I was going to uh, compete in, uh, I know all the events that I have to do, like, uh, you know, and, and all, like, the and the weights that I would have to perform, and that, that way I can train for them and, you know, be as ready as I need to be. Damn, so... Yeah, so the... So the... For the meets that, that are, like, unpredictable, so I guess... The athletes got to do everything, right? Yeah, you got to train. You got you to train everything. You have to, you know, you can't, you can't distribute. You have to distribute your, you know, attention to everything fairly evenly. You can't just specifically, you know, train. Like train too much of one thing. You have to make sure you're training everything. So another lift is, uh, I guess, the log press. I've seen you do that a lot on your Instagram. Yes, the log. So is that that I, that's like a big part of strongman. So. That's the huge staple of strongman. Strongman is if if you look at it, the the two big things about strongman is you know, deadlifting. I feel like the top like my at least my top three favorite strongman lifts are Atlas Stones, the log, and deadlift. You know, like I I feel like the but I feel like the big thing that people really care about is the massive deadlift, and that huge press. You know. Yeah, like the um, what's it called? The Austrian oak. Yeah, you have the, the, the log. Yep, the Austrian oak. You have the Austrian oak, right? Yeah. You you also have the axle press, which is a different type of press, which I also love. Very very impressive. But I think I honestly don't know what I'm better at. I have I have not had the opportunity to train on an axle too much either. I've been training on a log so much because I got this log as a gift from my friend Iron Lou, and it's it's a it's a it's a very interesting movement. Very um. Very complicated, to be honest. It's very, it's it is not easy. I feel like you're, um, just like if you if you if you press log press from a rack, I feel like your log press would be higher, just because your are your hands in a neutral position. Like it's not like, 
like in a bar kind of pressing, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Your hands are in a neutral. It's like on a football bar. You know what? A, you know how a football bar is. That's the type of grip you have on that. Um. So yeah, out of a rack, you could. I. I think you. I can think. I can safely say you can press significantly more. The thing is, you waste so much energy on that clean. Yeah. Yeah. And it takes away from your pressing power. Yes. So when you press, are you are you allowed to like do a push press, you or do, does it have to be like locked? Like so, you you can. It's push press most of the time. It, I think it's as a matter of fact. I think it's push press all the time. You can push press. You can you know do the Olympic style uh, where you like do the oh, do the split. Yeah, the split. I'm not a fan of the split. I I push. It's either strict press or push press for me. You know. Okay. It's. Uh, it, I think it's very, very hard to, sh- uh, what do you call it, split on the log personally for me. So okay. I, the go-to for me is a, is a push press. I feel like the the if you were to go for a split on, on, a, on a log press, I feel like that would be advantageous to like a, a lighter lifter just because they might not have like the brute strength like, like you. Yeah. And they might have to resort to other techniques because right, right. split's very like coordination and and stuff like that right absolutely it is it's a very very technical it's very technical very technical speaking of deadlifts um uh half thor bjornson uh 501 kilos yeah broke broke the record yeah that was broke it with ease it was amazing to watch i honestly think he had um i don't know maybe another 10 kilos another 10 jesus christ i'd say i'd say another 10 kilos in the bag if you really wanted to but you know he 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 did just enough to be that evil. He did just enough to be that evil. Yeah. He puts down the deadlift, the guy interviews him, he's like, I'm gonna fuck up Eddie Hall. Like <laughs> Yeah, that, that was I love that I love that interview. It was it was it was really funny, you know. Everybody yeah. I saw a bunch of a bunch of posts on, on on Instagram afterwards where everybody was saying what do you call it? Half Thor Bjornson lifted it with ease. Meanwhile Eddie Hall was dying after the fact. <laughs> Yeah, did you did you hear what happened after um, Eddie Hall lifted it? Uh, something to do with this uh, blood pressure was just beyond like absolute absolutely ridiculous numbers. Yeah, he when he held it at lockout, or at least, or maybe when he after when he when he was done. Apparently, I think he got blind in his left eye. Yeah, he went blind in his, his left eye for ten seconds or something of the sort. I think his beats per minute like was like two hundred plus. Yeah, 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 and and he uh, yeah his blood pressure was unreadable on a machine crazy but yeah like thor just put it down and then he just you know he was fine he was just hyped <laughs> yeah i i feel like thor was a lot more ready for the lift physically and you know just i feel like he was also in his home environment which like mentally makes it a lot oh yeah better. yeah like i feel like that plays a huge component like i can say when i wrestled wrestling in your own home and wrestling in your own you know on your own ground like it it, it was mentally a lot 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 easier you know yeah most definitely so i i I don't listen i don't think that plays a huge role in the end like you know it's either you got the strength or you don't but i think i think after bjornson was a lot more ready i think he was a lot healthier too i think he was a lot yeah well i've seen like the way he trains is very smart like it's very sub-maximal every rep he does is with with like ease Ease, yes yeah crazy yeah all right, so um, I think we got another lift that we're gonna discuss, um, like the tire, um, 
there's like uh, like a million styles of deadlifting and strongman. There's like the tire deadlift, the elephant bar deadlift. Right. The... So have you ever done the tire deadlift? I have. I have not done the tire deadlift. Um, I have done. It's. I think it's a wagon wagon deadlift. If you, if you know what it is, like the wagon wheel deadlift. Oh, is that? Um, the handles are like. Uh, I guess it's like a neutral grip too. Uh, like. Is like a suitcase kind of? No, it's not a suitcase. It's it's just all all it is is just these wagon wheels that are put on each end, and it's like it's it's elevated off the ground more. So I guess I guess you could call it like a like a rack pull. It's like a rack pull deadlift with like uh, these wagon wheels, if that makes sense. <laughs> is that the one where where there's like kegs for weight, mm. <sighs> like in the back? I, I I'm not too sure to be honest. Not too sure. Okay. Have you ever done those 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 tossing movements, the keg toss and like kettlebell, like you know, I I, like like I said, it's been it's been so hard to get. Oh yeah, that the equipment. Get my hands on that equipment. Like I've I've been trying. Like all all I've been really training is is like the the conventional lifts, and I I just I just feel like they'll carry over very well into the actual strongman. I also go out, you know, on the beach and I find like natural stones to train with, which I think it like that's great. It's very, very good to implement in into into you know into my tr- daily training right now because it, it gives me something like unconventional to work with because like you know you can take you can take 220 pounds and you can press it over your head then and then you could take a 220 pound stone and you could press it over your head you know and like it's it, there's a huge difference there's a huge difference well yeah cuz just just hearing about the fact that you don't know about uh, like the lifts performed at a meet like uh, until 2 weeks beforehand like powerlifting it's always been squat first bench second deadlift third but then like Power, uh, the strong man then yeah like oh maybe you have to like you have to like walk like 200 feet with whatever weight in your hands and then you have to go to like a uh, squat amrap with like this amount of weight right. like it's freaking it, crazy it's very it's it's very sometimes it's very very hard to prepare for it yep so so the meet that you were supposed to do like so was it like supposed to be in the summertime it actually the meet i was supposed to do was during the school year and Unfortunately, yeah, uh, unfortunately, I had so many, so many tests and just, it was just overwhelming. You know, I, it, it's, it's very hard to balance school and training. I, I, I do it, but it's sometimes it's, it, it's, it's impossible. You know, it's, it, it's sometimes you got to miss a couple of days of training and you just, you just have to figure it out. It's, it's not easy to do. And I was supposed to compete in the competition at home, actually, in NYC in Brooklyn. And I, um, I just unfortunately just lost that opportunity. I had, I had an exam that week and, you know, it's, it's kind of hard. It's, it's, it's teachers aren't really too open to that when, you know, when, when it's not like a school event, when it's not a school team event, when it's a school team event, you know, there's understanding, but when it's like your own thing and it's on your own time, it's like, that's, on you, you know, yeah. you missed that exam, that's on you. So I, I unfortunately yeah. wasn't able to go, but I was also going to compete this summer. I don't know if they're going to open it up. There's a competition. I forgot the exact name of it. It's like Beast of the Forest or something of the sort. It's, um, I, I think it's somewhere down in um, uh, one of the Carolinas or, or something. Or, or matter of fact, not possibly one of the Virginia or something, something of the sort. It's, 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 
it's down there. I, I don't remember the exact spot. I, Iron Lou was telling me about it. He, he wanted me to compete in it. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know what's going to happen with this whole pandemic situation, but I intend to be ready. Honestly, right now, I'm the strongest I've ever been in my life. And that's just insane to me because I would never imagine that in circumstances where, you know, I have shit equipment and... You know, it's it's not exactly what, what I want. You know, I'd be the strongest. I think the fact that I am, that I'm able to train every single day and I'm able to eat every single day and it's like I don't have school hanging over my head and other stuff, you know, it's, 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 it's easier to do and easier to stay consistent. And consistency is that thing that we need at the end, you know. That's what creates a successful athlete is that consistently sticking to it and day in and day out performing what you need to do to be successful. Yeah, we. I always hear about the fact when um, when lifters get frustrated, um, well, especially beginner lifters when they when they hit a plateau and they're like, "Crap, man!" Like the, these uh, these these pro athletes, they're always hitting PRs. Why the hell am I stuck? It's like it's that it's that consistency, like you said, like you gotta. You got you got to keep it keep it up because a lot of these like this is why gyms are always packed during January yep. and February and then they're just they're just dead by by like March. Yeah, they can't they can't keep a goal. They, they, they can't keep a goal. Everybody wants instant gratification. Everyone wants to instantly you know see results. Everyone want everyone yeah. wants it right away. They want it immediately. And I understand that that's just human nature at that point. Like everybody everybody wants it, but. What makes a successful athlete a successful individual is the one that knows that, like, you put in the work and, like, you work on your craft and you, you know, put hundreds of hours into your craft. And it will, you will, I promise you, it will, you will see progress. It is not easy. It's, 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 it's the stuff you, you know, it's what you need to do. It's the stuff that's hard that, you know, makes you a champion, that makes you stronger and, you know, successful. Is it is it human nature that that they want instant gratification? I feel like um, a lot of it has to do with today's technology as well. Yeah, like I, the... I I'd agree. I'd agree. I think I think it, I think it might also. Yeah, you're right. I think it is also today's today's society and today's you know technology. It's like it's that instant gratification. Like you you know you post something on Instagram and you instantly get likes yeah. and you know you feel good about yourself. I feel like that's a huge huge thing. Yeah, that's that's also a big problem with Instagram too. Um, a lot of beginner lifters they assume since because you you post only the good stuff on Instagram. Oh, absolutely. You don't see. Absolutely. You don't you don't post the the injuries, yep. the the bad training days. You only see the PRs after PRs after PRs, and then they're like, "Wow, are they maxing out all the time?" Yep. Like, holy crap! And then they, the lifters they start following this max out every day program. Which is not smart for a beginner not, lifter. Not, not at all. No, and it, yeah, and absolutely. Yeah, and then you see, then then that's when like injuries can happen, and yeah, it's not, it's yeah. not like Instagram is like a, it's a glorified yeah. like for for yeah. lifting, and and not and not just for lifting. I feel like that applies for everything in life. When like the thing is, the problem with social media is, in my opinion, is that it causes so much anxiety for people in general, and just everyone everyone you know when you go on instagram and you see these people on the beach somewhere or doing something amazing and you're like sitting there and you're thinking to yourself and you're sitting in your own room you know doing some homework or doing something stupid that you don't want to and then you're like fuck yeah fuck my life sucks this person is great but you have to you have to realize in your head that you know that's that's that person's best moments like 
you're just currently not yeah. at your best moment, but you have your best moments, you know? And, and, and like you said, that, that applies to weightlifting. Absolutely. Because, you know, people look at you and they think you're constantly maxing out and that's absolutely not the case. I'm not constantly maxing out. I just, you know, I just train, I, I train heavy. Like I always, not, I honestly, I always train heavy, not always, but most of the time I train heavy. I, I just feel like that's also dependent on like on people's recovery time. Like, not everybody yeah. recovers the same. People have different types of central nervous systems. You know, people 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 central nervous systems are conditioned differently. You know, people have to realize that. And and, and yeah, like when you when you look at every old like when Larry Wheels or other other just big names in the industry performing these insane lifts, you, you got to understand that like you know that's just a really good day. Like that athlete, hundred percent has yeah. shit days, and like I have shit days. I have shit days constantly. Like. You know, you just, you just, you just gotta, you gotta fight through it. You gotta keep training. You know, and that's what makes you a champion. Yeah, it's important that you that you that you emphasize that there are tra uh, different training styles, because when you like, obviously, when you when you look at a bodybuilder, right? Someone like let's say, you know, Sadiq. Right. Yes. So like, you're like, oh crap, he trains that way. If I train like that, I'm gonna look like Absolutely him. Absolutely not. Like, and like. <laughs> It's it's a it's a marathon. Absolutely, absolutely, it's a marathon. Yeah. It's not a sprint. And you know, you have to take a lot of things into consideration. You have to take into consideration, um, you know, like your your body, how how your body reacts to certain exercises. Your you know your yeah. central nervous system, and you also have to take a bunch of other stuff into consideration. Like you look like you said, Sadiq. Like we all know, all these IFBBs are on tons of performance yeah. enhancing drugs. And yeah. you know you got you have to understand that like when when you have a goddamn you know horse steroid in your body, you're recovering a lot differently than a you know an individual that produces his own you know his own hormones you know his own testosterone. Yes, yeah, night and day. Yeah. Like you, I've I've talked, I've spoken to to people who have used them. I've never personally used them, but people that have used them, they tell me like after a crazy max out session. That would take like maybe a week to recover from. They're ready to max out the next day. Like they're they're freaking ready. Like they're they're not sore, no inflammation. They're they're chilling. And I'm like, what the hell? That's crazy. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what the use of exogenous hormones does. I mean, yeah, it's it's very um it's very serious stuff, man. Yeah. So I prefer like I'm a powerlifter. I prefer like so you said like you you train heavy uh, mostly. Yeah. And that's your style, and it works mm -hmm. for you. And I, I prefer to be more submaximal. I like, I like to lift lighter, and then when so I can, um, so I can recover enough. So when I do max out, I'm able to to execute it with good right. technique. And I've done pretty well. I've squatted 585 at a 190 body mm -hmm. weight, and I don't think that's weak. No, you know, not. that's that's pretty good for someone that trains submaximal. Mm -hmm. So no, like, mm -hmm. the, the, like you said, everyone everyone has their own training styles. Like I have points in my training where I mix things up a lot. Like I could sometimes I'll train like very very close to my max and very very heavy, and I kind of conditioned my CNS to train heavy a lot. Like mm -hmm. I've literally broken my body down to the point where like my body has adjusted to training heavy so often, and and it's not for everyone. It's not for everyone. Not many people can recover, and people overtrain that way, and some people just make no progress. I don't know if you ever heard of a uh, I think it's Bulgarian, uh, yeah, like oh, Bulgarian yeah. Olympic style weightlifting. It's it's not exactly what I do, but like they train 
very, 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 very close to their max, but they have very, very low yeah. volume. Like, that's the thing. When I yeah. train very, very heavy, I have low volume, and that way I'm able to recover. You know, I'm not doing a ton of volume with that weight because that that'll just kill me. But then there are certain there are certain days where I will implement, you know, more volume and, you know, where I can, like, recover and, st- and still train and, and, like, maintain and even, even become stronger in, in different set ra- rep ranges and stuff, you know. Yeah, the I've actually followed a Bulgarian style of training for about a year until it became not sustainable right. for me. But uh, you like the, the the younger athletes have to understand training heavy like that every day. It I feel like that only works if you're someone like a Bulgarian weightlifter. You're government sponsored. That's your life. That's oh, your career. Absolutely. You 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 train to to lift for your to represent yep. your country at the yep. Olympics. That's that's like a different kind of story. Like if you're just like a high school kid just starting out and you have like all the responsibility as well. Like you got to keep your grades up. You got to, you have like choice to do around. Or you, you, get, agree with you. you can't. Yeah. To them, it's a, it's, it's a lifestyle. It's, a, it's their life. Uh, That's their job. You know, like, like you said, yeah. like from, from my knowledge, not necessarily Bulgaria. Uh, like I know like ex Soviet union republics. Like I remember it, it, like even my dad and like my dad's friends who, who were athletes in the Soviet union, like weight, weightlifters and wrestlers, like, well, like, you know, your job was to wrestle, like the government, you know, you would be, yeah. like, you would go to college and the college would literally be for working out, like performing the craft that you were good at. Like you would literally live in, mm-hmm. in a university and you would get like a bullshit degree and you, all you would do was wrestle or you would, all you would do is weightlift yeah. and you know, you're being, you're being fed, you're being, you have proper sleep, you have proper, you know perfect training everything is so on the yeah. dot because you are essentially being managed you're training like a you know you know you're yeah. being trained you're 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 like a machine you're like a machine yeah. and and i absolutely agree with you beginner weightlifters need to understand that and that you know their lifestyles are completely different you know the beginning of the weightlifters they like you said they have chores they have schoolwork, and they need to train around that in a way where they can progress because they're not in the same circumstances most definitely, and and also also the rehab part. They have the best sports doctors oh, in the absolutely. freaking world. They, no, they have professionals. They have absolute professionals. Yeah, and you, you, you don't. <laughs> yeah, it's like the perfect situation yeah. for them. They, the country sets it up for them where they they want to win because it's like glorious. You you win a gold for your country. Glory it's like forever. Yeah, yeah. You, yeah. You made you made your country like proud. You made them. Yeah, like, not only, you know. I don't know if like, you know, but in Russia, it's like I'm pretty sure if you win the Olympics. You get, um, I think you get like a brand new Mercedes, and then you get like a, you get an apartment for the rest of your life, or some kind of like, uh, like yeah, what? Yeah, Damn. For the rest of your life. Like I swear to God, they take in, in you know in those ex-Soviet Union republics, it's like they take that stuff very, 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 very seriously. Like that is a big pride. Sport is a big part of their lives. Like as a very, very big thing. Yeah, I I remember. Um, I don't know if you know this, but um. China and Russia have always been like huge, neck and neck at Olympic right, weightlifting. Right. Yeah, so I remember there was uh, there's one Chinese guy. He he ended up um, he ended up taking silver at the Olympics for weightlifting. It was like a uh, I think it was a okay. lightweight class, and he openly said to China, "I'm so sorry for 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 bringing shame to my country." I'm like, holy yeah. fuck, that's like the the standard is so high. Like they. They, they pick out the athletes when they're like seven years old, train them, train them, train them. 
until they until they can reach that that, that, that gold that medal peak, standard. Yes, it's crazy. They, um, yeah. they do. They do. They do pick you. I swear to God, from birth, not not necessarily from birth, yeah. but like when you're very very young, they look. You know, they look at the a- athletes that show you know Olympic promise, and you know they invest everything into them, and they you know train them like like absolute machines, and it's it's very it, it's crazy. It's crazy. You know, like like you said, they have yeah. professional doctors. They have everything. They have everyone mon- monitoring them, and you know, like you also you also have those you know those countries, especially like in those ex-Soviet Union republics, and just like and, and like China, like the, the you know they have like like doctors that literally will administer performance enhancing drugs to these people. Like, oh like, yeah, that's a huge <laughs> that's a huge huge thing that goes on. I I swear to God, I I like I've heard. Uh, that in Russia, for example, they have athletes that have legit labs, where, like labs that manufacture shit for them, that make them like whatever they need, you know. And it's 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 crazy. Well, the funny thing, um, speaking about Russia, they uh, they got banned again um, for the Tokyo Tokyo, Tokyo Olympics. Olympics. Right, yeah. I think I think they got banned back in Rio back in 2016 I, I as well. I honestly think it's that's ridiculous, personally. Yeah, the I dude, I have the same mentality as well because um, if you if you constantly because like the the best athletes in the world, most like it's it's the ugly truth, but most likely they're Absolutely. on something, and and it's like it's a part of it. Like I know Arnold Classic, they don't no. test at all; they just. They just let them let them loose. They're like they're deadlifting a thousand pounds. Effort. They yeah. know they're on something. Like, I just I just don't think that matters. To be honest, I think I think here's the thing. I think performance enhanced drugs should be allowed, and this is for this reason. There are so many like athletes that like and there are athletes that die that are afraid to you know disclose what they're doing because and seek like medical you know monitoring because they're performing illegal they're doing illegal stuff and it's like and they put their life in danger because they want to be the best at this sport and like that's an issue i think i i personally think everything should be that you're allowed to do whatever you want you know and it's just like let the superhumans battle man and it's like because because like you said it's the ugly truth like everyone is on something some people just don't get caught and you know there are ways around it, man. Like it's, it's, it's... yeah. The 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 test because you know WADA they're they're always on the the athletes ass. They they're they're testing randomly. They'll show up at like a training facility at like twelve midnight. Everybody, we're doing a piss test. Yeah, line, then... line up, line up. But yeah, but, but yeah. Man, there's 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 all kinds of ways to get around it. You know, like like I, I've yeah. I've read articles and like I just I just firmly believe that you know science like countries where you know you have like the government running this and the government funding all this you know i think their scientists can figure out ways to bypass a goddamn water test you know yeah they, they i've heard they have like um the scientists will develop new yep. designer drugs that will never yep. show up on a piss new test design, new designer steroids yeah. that are new derivatives of like you know the three main like, uh, hormones that you have in your body you have testosterone dihydrotestosterone and nandrolone and you know they create new derivatives that Wada hasn't, and Wada has not come up with you know the ban on that specific drug yet, and that that way they you know they they get past it, and it's like it doesn't pop, and you know, I mean the only the only issue with that is the um, Wada is always a step behind, but they always catch up. Like they they the the Olympics, uh, a lot of people are getting popped now that competed back into the twenty twelve. 
like they they I don't know why, but they hold on to the urine urine yeah, samples for a long ass time, the, and they, they they keep testing yeah. it. They hold on. I don't to know urine why. Yeah, I actually remember a story. It was it was it was not too long ago. There was a famous Uzbekistan wrestler who I forgot one. I forgot what Olympics he won. Might have been. Yeah, it might have been the 2012 Olympics. He was a heavyweight. He I think he won the 2012 Olympics, and he got his gold medal taken away. Uh, was no, that Greco? Freestyle wrestler. Freestyle wrestler. Oh, okay. He got his gold medal taken away. And yeah, I I just I just like I, like you said, man. I think everybody's on something, and I think I think every it should just be like do what you want. Just yeah, just leave it up to the yeah, athlete yeah, whether they want to do it or and, not. I like that way. I think it makes it safer that way. I think when athletes are not afraid to disclose what they're using, you know, yeah, it's, yeah. it's just it just it just makes it safer. Because the, I I'm pretty sure the the designer drugs that are very recent, um, they don't know the yeah, effects that, of it long term. That, that's a, that's since a, they have a very a fast half life. You know, yeah. all all the new derivatives of the you know hormones that are coming up with, you have no idea what that is doing to your body. That is. If it, it, it could be, you know, destroying you, like the, the you know, the the original performance enhancing drugs that exist, that you know, there's been, it's like yeah, regular like, testosterone. testosterone. You know, and, there have been uh, studies done from you know the you know early I don't know like 1930s. Like I'm you know I'm just yeah. talking out of my ass right now, but it's it's but it's 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 been studied <laughs> for a while. There there are studies there are studies that have yeah. been done on on these you know hormones that are are like the the original ones. You know, the original performance enhancing drugs and stuff that. You know, and they're fairly safe. Like we have testosterone replacement therapy. It, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. for yeah. the for older older men. And now yeah. we're you know with doctors today. So I think it's fairly safe to say that something the doctors are administering, you know, like athletes can use as well. But but like you said, those new derivatives, you you have no idea what they're doing to your body, and they pose potentially fatal, you know, you know, side effects, you know, to the athlete. But even even the 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 widely studied ones, it's like. Uh, so let's say let's say like just I'm just talking out of my ass here too. But let's say if if an athlete wanted to squat 800, they needed to take like a thousand milligrams okay. or something like that. There'll be another athlete that'd be like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna take 2,000. I'm gonna squat a thousand. So the, the 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 dose just keeps going up right, more right. more higher right. just because uh, they they think, "Oh, more is better. More is better. I gotta I gotta mm-hmm. get more in my system." And then that that's when the 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 crazier the side right, effects right. like come on because like doctor administered. To, like TRT is like what like way less than whatever the hell like, oh, these athletes well, are taking. Think, think about just think about yeah. what TRT means realistically. TRT, testosterone replacement therapy. They are bringing your testosterone levels to what they would be naturally, you know, as 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 a man. Yeah. Like you know, and what 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 athletes are abusing is just insane numbers. You know, it's it's absolutely it, from yeah. straight up grams of stuff. You know, all but that also depends yeah. on the sport and things, and it's 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 crazy. But you also what you have to understand: certain people react to androgens differently. Some are more, some are yeah, more sensitive. Yeah. Some a lower dose may be more effective in the individual, you know, than another. And it's like some people need to bump the dose up, to use more. And it, it just varies so much. And that's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like the, the fact that athletes are afraid to disclose that because of legal reasons in their country or just, you know, or just being afraid that, um, that you know, that the government will, you know, that they, that they, could, they could get in trouble and stuff, you know? I mean, the, I mean, if it's, if it's like a professional athlete, like, uh, reputation too, you know? like, uh, 
like a country uh, government sponsored athlete that is already um, taking performance enhancing drugs. I'm pretty sure the government knows that they probably like throw it under the rug, but like, I'm pretty sure they have doctor supervision as well. It's just, it's just the, the fact that the, the, the dangerous drugs that, that come out just so they can mask it in the urine test. That that's, that's when like the, that's that's the problem. Yeah, I, I I personally believe that it should be like a like a personal, personal choice. If, if they want to do it, they do it. If they do it, then they're up there with like yeah. the the best. Then, yeah, because there like there are a select few that are just genetically that crazy that they can be at a top level yeah. without taking anything. But uh, th- those are those, yeah, those, those are rare. Those are the rare few. But, uh, but but it is yeah. possible. Yeah. So. Yeah, we went on a big rant there about uh, performance enhancing drugs. Right. Yeah, we got to get back on topic, strong man. Uh, your current personal best in every lift you want to name and your long-term okay. goals. My my personal best for my deadlift, I recently pulled a 300-kilogram flat, 660-pound deadlift with more in the, in the in dark, a dark parking, parking lot. lot. <laughs> uh, and it, it was it was epic. It was absolutely – it was it was, it was was amazing. I, I just felt really, really good that day. I felt like my CNS was conditioned for that lift. And I, I, I just did it. I, I, that was a big, big, huge goal of mine. It was honestly, it was more, that was more of the goal. Breaking that 300 kilogram mark was a bigger goal than, you know, breaking that seven plate, you know, even though I really want to break that seven plate. And I actually went for, like I said, I went for that seven plate afterwards and I was, I just got stuck at lockout. Uh, Honestly, I think if I didn't go for the 660, I potentially could have had the seven plate, but I'm really happy that I broke that, broke that 300 mark. I, I just feel like that 300 mark is like that elite mark in the training world. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I'm still trying to break the it, 250 kilo, man. <laughs> deadlift. So I, I have the 300 kilogram deadlift. I have uh 300 and um, 315 pound clean and log push press which mm-hmm. which um i i think i have more in the tank on too but that's my uh personal uh, pr in the log um what what else i mean i have did a 500 pound zercher squat yesterday which that was crazy which, that... which was pretty intense and like i said i think i have a i don't know if i strained or i have a small tear in my glute but it hurt it hurts let's just say that and um uh what else? I, I honestly haven't like PR'd and then oh oh gosh, I completely forgot I should have. What about like you the know, back I, squat, I, honestly, like bench I press? I don't or... PR in those lifts that much. I don't ever really um like I don't ever really I haven't PR'd on the squat or on a regular squat or on a on a bench in such a long time. I can't even tell you to be honest. I have no clue. Like I I really don't like I. Yeah. That's that's not the lifts I really prioritize, you know. It's not that's not something that's not really, you know, not yeah. the main thing in strongman, you know. Like the big thing in strongman is the deadlift and the over overhead press, you know. So it's like that's just mm-hmm. something I never really prioritized on like uh, maxing out on. So I can't even say, to be honest. I can give estimates, but I, I'm not too sure. But um I, I can also okay. say my strict strict Overhead press on a stri- on a regular bar is two hundred and eighty five pounds. I did that. What yeah. the fuck? Oh my god! That's I think that my best strict overhead press yeah. is one eighty five. Yeah, that's crazy. Two eighty five. I hit that at school. Um, 
I, I really want that 300 pound mark on that strict overhead press. That's a huge goal of mine. Uh, yeah, that, yeah, you'll, you'll get there. That's you'll, you'll probably, you'll probably make it into the 400 that, range. Like that's the before, goal, not too I, long. I, I think, I think pound for like pound for pound, my overhead press, my strict overhead press is, is the, the most impressive lift that I have. I think it is the most impressive lift that I have. So what do you th- what do you think you want long term for Honestly, your deadlift? Realistically speaking, I want to break the nine hundred pound range. Like that is that is my goal. I I want to break nine hundred pounds. I I genuinely think I could do it. Ho- hopefully, at like a body weight of like I don't know like two thirty like two thirty five. But I'm at right now. Like right now, I walk around that from two twenty five to two thirty, and you know I hope I could do that. But potentially might have to gain some more weight. But um, I want to I want to break the the nine hundred pound mark. Um, mm-hmm. So, in terms of your morals, since the dr- the whole drug thing in the War Strongest Man is pretty open, where do you think you will be in terms of uh, drug use? So, so yeah. I will. I'm just gonna disclose. I'm good. In the future, I will use drugs. Yes, I will. I I believe that mm-hmm. it is necessary in to to be the best in this sport. Strongman, like. No one's ever going to say it openly, you know, no one's going to really admit to it, but it's like you, we all know to be the best, you have to do it. That That's what they're doing. Like there was a reason that he Hall was passing out after that deadlift. And that's because of all the crazy stuff he's on, realistically speaking, along, along with the fact that he does really? a thousand, so, yeah, along, it's, it's along like with a... the fact that he does it for 500 kilograms, but like, it's also the amount of drugs. <clears throat> but I, I, fir- I firmly believe that in this sport, you need to, you know, you need to use drugs to be the best. And I, and I will use drugs in the future. I don't have a point for it now because I'm progressing naturally so much that it's just like, I, yeah, you're freaking just, huge I, I now. Like I haven't plateaued genetically, so I don't see a point of using anything because it's just, it's like, why, why break, okay. you know, break your progress, what you have naturally genetically you know, and start implementing drug like a drug regimen. You know, and start using drugs. Meanwhile, you know you. Could... Yeah, and you're you're really young too. Yeah, you're, I recently turned you twenty. 20? So, it's like, so it's like my my okay. system is at its current peak. You know, you know, and you know your yeah. testosterone levels don't decline until I don't know, like you're, I guess, like late late twenties like... or even even I even heard that like like. Yeah, even th- even I, like 30s. It's your 30s, like, I think I think right? it's early thirties that they kind of start to decline. But I feel like that's so dependent on like lifestyle and stuff. But um, uh, yeah, I right now I'm I'm just I think I'm yeah right you're, now I'm just gonna you're a natty right natural now <laughs> aspect of things and but in the future, I do I do intend to use stuff. Yes. Oh, well, props to you for being honest, because uh, that's not no, that's not uh, common it, at all. I I hate that. I mean, l- listen, like. <laughs> I, I feel like a lot of people like capitalize on that and you know like you, you have a lot of individuals that are you know taking performance enhancing drugs and you know look insane perform all this stuff and then you know profit off it by selling these cookie cutter bullshit programs you know to, to, to oh, beginners dude, who are delusional and yeah. believe that they're gonna look they're gonna look and be insane as them but they don't they don't you know they don't comprehend the fact that these people are on yeah. tons of drugs and you know and are just recovering differently and it's, it's and it's just different like you know when you have exotic you know you're taking exogenous hormones you know 
when you're taking like a gram of testosterone a week, like your body is on just ridiculous superhuman levels that like, you know, n- no one naturally can achieve. So it's like b- besides maybe those genetic freaks that we talked about and he, he, even even then those genetic freaks can't even catch up, you know. So. Yeah, we, we call yeah. those half natties, yeah, yeah. man. But, those but, like, but, like, <laughs> but like I said, I in the future, I absolutely do intend to use stuff. And like at that point, full disclosure, like I, you know, I just want people to be safe. I want people to know the truth. But right now, mm-hmm. no point. Like I said, endoc- my endocrine system is at its peak. And I just don't see a point of n- uh, stopping being natural right now, currently, you know. Yeah, I believe honesty is very, very important. Just, just you saying that that that's that's very impressive already. You know, that's just being being honest because that's uh, obviously it's like it's it's looked down upon. People who are who don't know much about it, they're just gonna be like, oh crap, y'all. You know, you can't have sex anymore. You're gonna, uh, you're not gonna have balls stupid, anymore. Man. There's but a like, lot of there's like there's a lot of yeah. misinformation on all these stupid freaking Reddit forums. People have people have no idea yeah, what they're talking yeah. about. Recently, I saw this. Um, so you know right. how Thor was doing an auction? No, I did not. Did you see what happened? Yeah. So the, uh, I forgot what they were auctioning. I think they were auctioning um, an uh, autographed uh, plate that was used for, during okay. his five hundred one kilo deadlift. And um, so there was an auction, uh, online auction, and someone, uh, people started putting ridiculous uh, amounts of money. For auctions that so they were like faking auctions they, someone put like 999 million dollars so they they had to they had to mm-hmm. end up they had to end up fixing it and thor put up on his story he's like oh damn uh, people are so childish right and then uh someone responded to that story and he's like oh that was me you know and and then he's like yo your your, your kid's gonna be um all mutant like because you're, you're taking all this shit you know and your wife is like whatever the fuck he's saying all this horrible bullshit and i was like imagine like say like i would respect you more if you'd say it to his face but like that's that's like yeah man fuck? trolls like trolls, trolls man. I, I get plenty of those in my feed man i know i know i know all about the trolls and yeah th- like 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 you're saying you know huge amount of misinformation out there people know nothing people don't even bother to read the science and understand like you know there's that whole thing Oh, your dick gonna shrink, you know, when you take fucking, you know, when you take exogenous hormones. No, it is literally called testicular atrophy. Your balls shut off because your body is no longer producing, you know, set hormone testosterone. So yeah. it is testicular atrophy. Because you already have like a big exactly, supply from, from an outside source. People source. are stupid. Like people just don't comprehend the actual science, you know. And they're like you're not, you're not gonna be able to fucking, not gonna be able to keep your dick up. That that's literally idiotic. Just think about it. <laughs> Can you imagine how you yeah. when you're pinning a gram of testosterone into your body per week? If anything, yeah, that's what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, it's probably crazy, right? Like, your body is overflowing with testosterone. So it's like, that's just completely yeah. idiotic. And there's a huge misunderstanding on that point, you know? And it's just, and there's, and I feel what's ridiculous is that there's so much information out there. There's so much to read and so much to understand, like scientific, like science articles and, and just so much and people don't even bother and it's just like it's just ridiculous to me that there's just so much idiotic shit on like out there and so much idiotic shit in people's heads like like the internet is such a powerful tool yet we you know yet so many people still still stay ignorant you know i don't know the internet has created like 
I don't know if coward is the right word, but like, do you like they oh, people like to hide behind the screen? Cause like, it, it's not like, cause like I feel like before the internet, you had to go up to someone's face <laughs> and be like, blah 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 blah. I think about this about you, or they could just do the thing where they just gossip behind the, their backs. But like now with the internet, you could literally like yeah. create fake accounts, yeah, not even use your name. And be like, oh, this guy's a fucking idiot. He's taking yeah, steroids. He's getting, like, you know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I feel like that. That's not, you know, that's that's not the way to. That's just weird. Like, it's a weird, yeah, it's a weird yeah, period absolutely. of all this technology. I, I feel like I feel like technology can it can both be a benefit and a huge downfall. Absolutely. Yeah, with all this great information, yeah. all these. Yeah, a lot of people are still idiots. Scientific articles, and and it's just, and it's just, people are still so misinformed and and, and so stupid, and it's just, it's just ridiculous, man. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. Well, right. Back to strongman. Um, well, let's talk uh, deadlift mechanics, because the controversy of backrounding, which part of your back can you round, all that stuff, but mainly it's upper backrounding and. That's right. not something that will hurt you, but it's something that you should you should yes. not do as a beginner. I don't think it's something that you I should gradually like get into. If you, so if you look at the elite level deadlifters in the world, like perfect example, very R.I.P. Absolute King Konstantin Konstantinov, Prom- very yeah. prominent. And I don't I don't think I don't think and, that's bad yeah. technique at all. I think it's just uh, I think like at a, at a certain weight, it's just like that's just part of the game, and I I don't think it's like you're gonna hurt your back from it. I think, I, I I think that's just something some do and some don't. Like I I I do. I think I my back rounds too. Upper back rounds when I deadlift and I think it's fine. I think it. I don't. I don't. It, my back is fine. I don't think there's anything detrimental. Like, I mean, like I think when you're deadlifting and you got the cat back, you know, like your whole goddamn back is rounding like a cat. Yeah, it's the. I feel like like if you you set your back. Before you pull the bar, and while you're pulling the bar, that's how your back should stay. Mm-hmm. Like you shouldn't really like shift, as like you shouldn't like. So if you have a straight back when you start deadlifting, as soon as you pull the bar from the ground, it shouldn't start right. rounding. It right. should like should stay straight. But if like if you maintain the upper back rounding before you start, and then you pull the whole way up, and you still have the the, the upper back round, and it you know stays stays in that strong position. Yeah, and, you're fine. Yeah, you're pretty. You're pretty much fine. Consider, man. You know when yeah. you're pulling when you're pulling nine hundred pounds plus, your technique might you know be a little be a little fucked up. At that point, it's yeah. just the brute strength and getting the shit off. Yeah. You know, and it's like, and and, and but but yeah. that's 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 for those high level athletes. When when you're a beginner, you have to pri- like you have to prioritize good technique. You have to you know and. Mm-hmm. Even even I'm not saying don't prioritize good technique as a as an advanced fucking athlete as a, you know, but make make sure you prioritize your technique and train well and like don't don't immediately try to you know use all those advanced deadlifting techniques and you know stuff like that. Stick 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 to the you know the regular you know make sure your technique is good and and just work up to it. It's just I just feel like at that level it's like your form breaks and it's and it's just part of the process because you know. You're just trying to be the strongest in the world, and you're lifting insane weights. So I know straps have—they've um, right. always been allowed in strongman. Was there was there a reason why? Um, is it just because you could lift so more with it? I, I feel like the whole the whole thing behind straps is it's like you're now taking out the limit, like the grip is the limiting factor. 
because I feel like so many people can deadlift okay. so much and have shitty grip. Like, yeah, and it's okay, yeah, it just slips out. I I personally don't have that issue. Like, I I pull hook grip when I deadlift without straps. So, yeah, I I I love. Oh really? I could pull hook Damn. grip on a. Oh, me too. On, on on a deadlift bar or even on a power bar. My 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 fingers are long enough to do that, and I feel very very comfortable pulling hook grip. And I mean, like for a single one rep max. Yeah, but not for multiple reps. My fingers will rip to hell. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah. But I feel, I feel like straps. Yeah. <laughs> implementing for like many many reps. You know where where grip is a is is a limiting factor, and you know you could train harder, and you know, like I said, you're not limited to what you can hold in your hands just with your own grip. And 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 and, and you know for those big one rep max pulls where straps are allowed, it's like, um, you know, you're you're now not limited to. To, to performing something insane, you know. Speaking of max deadlifts, so when you step up to that bar, what the hell is going on in your oh, head? Man. Like, you go to a dark place. Do you like? So, uh, yes. Is that why I call you the I Russian am, nightmare? So, as a well, the Russian nightmare. The name. The name actually. As a child, I I suffered from very 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 like bad night terrors like very very, yeah like night terrors and extreme nightmares where it was hard for me to differentiate between like reality and um and yeah and like an actual dream my parents would tell me it's like i'd like wake up and i'd still be screaming in like pure agony because i think something is like attacking me and i'm fully awake like my my dad is like washing my face in the sink and like begging me to like relax and i'm like holy fucking shit i like see demons or some shit like i i I yeah i suffered from what? Yeah, I suffered from very, very, That's very crazy. serious nightmares as a child, and you know, it, and also, I'm not gonna lie, chill sometimes now. I get very, very intense nightmares, and I, I uh, suffer from sleep paralysis. So I, um, I, I don't know. Why do you I, think uh, that honestly, happens? No, my dad doesn't that, get them. Does your no, dad get them? Nobody, nobody in my family gets them. I mean, I just, I've had it bad. Like I get very, very, very vivid nightmares and very vivid dreams, and I've had like. I have fucked up stories that like I just can't explain. I swear to God, I sometimes I think some shit is haunting me, but it's, um, yeah. That that's why like the nightmare part is is the is the second part of my I guess nickname, whatever you would like to refer to it as. Not many people know that, but um, yeah, I do. Live so you live you live with, I, live yeah, with this? I do. I I have some pretty fucked up nightmares, some like crazy shit. But um, when I um when when I step up to the bar, I imagine a scenario where everyone I hold dear and everyone I love is in extreme danger. Like I swear to God, I've imagined like my, you know, like, like my best friends, my family, like, you know, my significant others, like just like everyone's like lined up and they're ready to be executed. And I'm just like, yo, if I don't get that fucking weight up, everybody's going to die and they're going to pull the trigger on them. And it's just like, I'll be the one responsible for their deaths if I don't make this shit happen. And I really like get myself into this mental state where it's like do or die. And, yeah, it's 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 it's, it's 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 fucked up, man. Like I just like I swear to God, I I remember what what did I go for? I think it was it was my six hundred twenty five pound deadlift PR, and I got myself so so in the zone. I swear to God, I like I imagined I imagined my my father in the corner, and I like I swear to God, I saw my dad there, and I and like I vividly like imagined someone holding a gun to his head, and it was like. 
like if I don't get the shit done, that person is gonna pull the trigger, and like I have to do it, and it's just like do or die. Like it, it depend my my fucking death like depends on it, you know. And it's it's that that's how I that's how I prepare myself for that lift. Wow. So so during yeah, that three hundred kilo deadlift, was that the I same thing? Really, really got myself into the zone. Really, like imagined a very fucked up scenario. Yeah, I've watched a lot of your deadlifts, and as soon as you drop it, you freaking, you're hyped. You're like, yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I, you cursing Russian. I, have I no think, right? I, say. I honestly don't even remember saying it. Sometimes I'm in such a different reality when I do it. I, I, I literally, I'm not me when I deadlift. If that makes sense. I, re- <laughs> I actually remember there was one that de- I don't I know how it much it was. Was it six twenty-five? Yep. I don't remember. It- it might have been 600 where you screamed out, I'll yeah, fucking yeah, kill yeah, all of you yeah, yeah, and no, your was, families. And you dropped it. And I was like, what honestly, the fuck? I, I had no recollection of saying that after I came back to, like, I just don't remember. I don't remember saying it any of it. Like, I'm just like, so I'm so out of it. Like I'm in a completely different headspace that like, I just got get myself into to, um, you know, get that, get that lift done. And it's just like, do or die. Like it's, that freaked me the fuck yeah. out. I'm not going to lie. I was like, yeah. holy shit. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. But yeah, it's important to have some sort of um, pre-lift. Tradition, like, ritual. Tradition. Absolutely. Make absolutely. Sure to get, get uh, you in the game. You no, know, I actually was kind of like inspired by an individual to like have this type of mentality. And like, I don't know if you ever heard of George Lehman. So, so George Lehman oh, was yeah, yeah, he had yeah. a very, Lehman, yeah. very, very weird... Yeah, he had a very. Didn't he cry before he had, his deadlift? Very messed Yeah, that up was weird. Yeah, pre deadlift ritual, and his nickname was the Baby Slayer, and that's a very a Baby Slayer. The what Slayer? Baby Slayer. And I'll explain this. The and this Baby Slayer. This, his pre pre lift ritual was this. The thing is, he as a child grew up with his little brother who died of cancer, and he saw he saw his brother. Oh shit. The, like live such like you know live up to a certain age and he saw his brother suffer from cancer and go through all these chemo treatments and eventually pass away and he you know he loved his brother so much and he saw him go through all that agony that he ded- dedicated every single one of his lifts to his brother and what he imagined was and I, you could get this in an inter you could see this in an interview on youtube mm-hmm. i'm pretty sure and I, i've seen it before is him ta- being interviewed and they ask him what do you think before he lifts and he says if I get that deadlift up or I get that lift up, my brother lives. Like, my brother doesn't die. And, like, and if he, fuck, and he, fuck, oh, he fucks shit. up and fails, he is then the baby slayer. He is the one that slayed his brother. He is the one responsible for his brother's death. And I'm, I'm pretty sure, I, I forgot what he lifted, but it was like 900-something for, I don't know, like four or three. And after, there was an interview after that, he says, I saw the apparition of my little brother in the corner. Or like, some insane thing like that. But he um he was a very emotional lifter and that was that was his like process behind it and i guess i guess like i have a similar mentality to it yeah what the fuck this is crazy like wait like so after i know he on uh nick wright's channel he pulled like 800 for yeah you're saying like he saw his brother he he saw the apparent he sees his little brother he sees his little brother like he sees like the actual like apparition like yeah and like a corner and like just staring at him like playing with his toys or some shit like some some crazy shit like that yeah which which i can understand because i've gotten myself so mentally in the zone like and so in such a different like mindset that i've seen shit too like i've seen like yeah i'm telling you i've 
What? I've really? Seen my family members. What have you seen? Ones that I like care about so much, and I just like see them lined up, and I'm like, they're going to be, they're going to be killed, and I'm just like, I need to get this done. This needs to happen. Do or die. Like they're ever, my everybody's life depends on it. Jeez, man, I think I gotta change my tradition. Jesus Christ, I just, I just imagine, like, I just yeah. visualize me lifting it. That's it, and then I just. I, yeah, I mean, listen. Holy fuck! I've never heard I of this. Just, I'm just very. Uh, I get very, very intense when I when I do it, and I just have a very in, in, intense mindset, you know. Yeah, so that's almost the opposite of me. Like, if I if I PR on a deadlift, I don't really, I don't really like yeah. scream. I just, listen, I just listen, oh, I did it. You know, own, right? I'm it's happy. Like, it's like don't change, don't change your ways yeah. to be like someone else. It's like everybody, everybody got their own way to yeah, do it. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's uh, I never heard about the George Lehman thing. Yeah, uh, I just know that he cried. The reason he cried, but damn, Lehman. that's yep. Wow, damn, yep. Jesus, that, he but yeah, he, he did, is he still power lift? I don't even know if he does it. He just fell off, he just stopped. Yeah, I don't know what happened to him. I think he he broke the American record and then yeah, he just he fell, he literally I think he just fell off the face yeah, there. I don't know how he just went, he just went MIA. Yeah, I, oh, I hope he's still doing well because yeah. strong as fuck. Yeah, hopefully he can he can come back and I, I don't maybe I, I like don't coach or something. I don't know. Honestly, I but, think he's completely like just done with it. Like literally, I've heard nothing about him. Yep. Wow. Jeez. So. Now that you now that you have like this six sixty deadlift, what do you think? I mean, like, if you're to- like long term goal or like long term goal, yes, over nine hundred. But like close goal, yeah. like, Within within this year, I think within this year, I intend to break the seven hundred pound. Yeah, I didn't. Then your friend, I don't know who was there, but um, the guy that pulled six seventy five for a triple right after you. Six seventy five. No. Oh, six seventy five. Yeah, yeah. I my friend, I my friend Iron Boot, right? Yeah. Uh, he's he's a oh, that was that, is that your coach, coach or I have, I have my coaches um is actually in my bio his name is uh Chris Priori he's also very one of my best friends uh he he's my coach he he uh helps me program and figure things out and like you know how to diet how to how to train he's he's my main coach uh Lou is both a friend and coach I I listen to his you know like his training style and his his stuff and I I I implement it into my training style I just like I take I take Chris Priori's training and I take some from Lou's and I kind of just mix it into my own, if that makes sense, you know? Mm. Okay. All right. Well, I think I've taken a lot of your time. That, that was a, that was a great podcast. Uh, a lot of great discussions happened. A lot yeah. of mind blowing, mind blowing discussions, actually learn something new every day, I guess, but, of course. Yeah, thank man. you for being on the podcast. It. It's, it's been a pleasure. I appreciate it. I can, yeah. you know, I could talk and I could uh, tell people how it is. And listen, guys, everyone, stay strong during this quarantine. I know it's not, it's not easy mentally. Everyone is fighting through this, but I promise you, there will be better days, and we will, you know, we will all be, we'll, we'll all be good, and we'll all be on the road to getting our, you know, our, our strength yeah. back and getting our, you know, gains, as people say. 